0: This is the HuffPost Love and Sex Podcast.
1: Each episode, we ask a single question. To find the answers, we speak with experts and listeners like you.
0: This podcast contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution.
1: I'm Noah Michelson.
0: And I'm Karina Kolodny.
1: This week's question is Can you be a man who has sex with other men and still be straight?
0: Noah and I recently received an email from a straight man who says he likes to have casual sex with other men. And I have to admit, the email surprised me. But it did not surprise Noah.
1: And no, it didn't, because I've been on Craigslist. <laughs> And I've seen those men looking for other men who say they're straight.
0: Well, it's not that I haven't seen them. It's that I think when someone's saying they're straight, but they want to have sex with someone of the same sex, and like that's not what straight is, is it?
1: Well, I think that's exactly why we're doing this episode, because we, meaning you and me, but also our culture, and people listening at home have a lot of ideas about what it means to be straight or gay or bi or queer. And I think in 2015, those ideas are actually getting exploded more and more. So... I'm excited to talk to some people who identify this way and and find out more about what their life is like.
0: Agreed. So in this episode, we'll speak with Chelsea Reynolds, a doctoral candidate at the University of Minnesota, about the phenomenon of straight-identifying men who hook up with other men. We'll also speak with some of those men directly.
2: I walked away thinking, all right, well, I mean, I didn't, that wasn't, uh, you know, that wasn't fireworks for me, but it was still really fun. I'm glad I did it. I could check that off the list. Um, I didn't feel bad about myself by any means, but I also knew that it wasn't something that I was going to kiss and tell with anybody else either.
0: That's the listener we received an email from who inspired this whole episode. We're calling him Mike. He is describing the first time he hooked up with a man. He was around 17 when it happened, and he told us that he wanted to try it because he's the type of guy who likes to try anything once. Noah had the chance to talk with him more.
2: It wasn't until, uh, to tell you the truth, till my 30s that... I really sort of started fooling around with a lot of guys. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, thanks to the smartphone and thanks to uh, things like Craigslist and stuff like that. Um, And also, you know, um, in the area I live, it's pretty progressive. So uh, I found that the gay community here was really accepting of a straight guy coming in and wanting to fool around and not really pass too much judgment about it. Um, And, You know, that's I because of that, I was able to, you know, flir with a whole bunch of dudes, and it was again always a really fun experience.
0: It's so interesting because every conversation we had during the making of this episode led to the importance of online interaction. And I've gotta say, it wasn't just this episode when it comes to sexual identity and sexuality. The internet is a game changer.
1: Yeah, it's weird because the internet actually works in two ways. One, it lets people be exactly who they are and lets them find other people like themselves. But at the same time, it also lets people be whoever they want. You can be anonymous. You can make up an identity. And I think when people feel like they aren't on display or they have some kind of anonymity, they're actually able to be a lot more honest about, if not who they are, what they want.
0: It's definitely true. So we also spoke with a man who we're calling Christopher. He's 20, a college student, and he also turned to the web, but for slightly different reasons.
3: I went to a very conservative Christian high school um, where you actually have to sign you know, a contract that says you're not going to engage in any sort of sinful activity, which would obviously include homosexuality. I had to kind of tiptoe around that. I, none of my friends down there ever knew really um, But so I had to, you know, find guys online, find guys through my few friends who did know um, and just kind of sneak around a little bit. It was um, years ago. We didn't really have all the apps and stuff that we have today. Um, I know that one of the sites I started on was the Gay Youth Corner, um, which is now no longer in existence.
0: We're obviously huge fans of the Internet when it comes to how it can let those who would otherwise feel like outcasts create their own communities. But we wanted to talk to an expert to find out her opinion, so we turned to Chelsea Reynolds, who's studying online identity at the University of Minnesota.
1: How do you think the Internet has changed the way that that men who are having sex with men but don't identify as gay find sex? I mean, when you think about how men like this must have have existed throughout time and you know in the 50s and things like that without the internet and so it was much harder to find. How has the internet sort of shaped this new culture?
4: Sure Um, I think as you suggest that sexual identities have not changed over time. I'm sure that there were just as many um, straight in quotes men in the 1950s looking for sex with other straight unquote men um, as there are today. But what we're seeing is that the internet allows us to sort of Visualize these subgroups of sexual um, subcultures and understand their sexual activity explicitly. So I think that uh, you know kink sites um, such as FetLife might give people ends to other types of sexuality that they m- might not have been exposed to originally. Um, things like Grinder certainly uh, fetishize the street community. So if you're going on Grinder um, looking for straight men who want to have sex, you can. You can see them explicitly. Uh, sites like OkCupid um, allow you to describe your sexual identity in your kind of narrative and also in, in your preferences that you code uh, through keywords. So you can really go out and seek people who have these sort of alternative sexual identities that previously would not have been able to be seen in public. Like, you know, in the in the past, for instance, in the 1980s, maybe you're a gay man going to a gay bar meeting other gay men for homosexual sex. Well, today you can be a pretty much straight guy looking for pretty much other straight guys, not going to the gay bar, but going to Craigslist and um, you know searching for a keyword. Essentially, I think it just makes uh, these these sort of unknown groups more visible um, than they were previously. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. When when we look at these kind of ads that are from for all intents and purposes, or at least are being posited as straight men looking for Mm -hmm. sex with men. What are some of the trademarks of those ads?
4: The trademarks are many. Um, What I saw in the study I published in the Journal of Communication Inquiry this summer was that um, straight men seeking sex with other straight men are really looking for like an anonymous buddy experience. So uh, we see guys who are looking for men who want to watch sports with them, who want to jack off to um, straight porn with them, who maybe wanted to go to the bar and hit on girls, but then go home and have kinky, anonymous, hot sex at the end of the night and maybe never talk again. Um, so yeah, the, the kind of themes that I saw arising were like dudes seeking other dudes to be buddies, um, people looking for anonymous ac- encounters, which include like blindfolds, glory holes, um, y- you know, kind of uh, fucking people from behind entering a hotel room without announcing yourself, you know, very kinky, anonymity. Um, People were talking about their job statuses and their sexual identity, somehow authenticating their straightness by saying, I'm a high-powered CEO at um, this corporation, or, oh, I'm a very prominent attorney in the South, but I prefer to have sex with men on the down low, um, alongside kind of male bonding uh, activities such as, you know, drinking whiskey or, as I said, watching straight porn or watching the basketball game.
0: Coming up on HuffPost, love and sex, we'll discuss what all of this online activity means and if labels like gay, bi, and straight are even still relevant today.
1: You know, Karina, hooking up isn't the only reason that I love the internet. Really? Yeah. The internet is also home to our podcast. Right. So if you haven't taken the time to subscribe, rate, or review Love and Sex on iTunes, do it right now.
0: We are on a mission to spread sex positivity. And each time you find us on iTunes and share your review, our show climbs the rankings, which helps other people discover it, which spreads positive sex vibes and education throughout the world, or at least to all the folks who tune in.
1: Hell yeah. Do you think that labels in general, um, whether it is straight, whether it's queer, whether it's bi or, you know, anything in between or outside of it, do you find those useful and important and... If so, why? And if not, why not?
4: Do I find labels important?
1: Yeah. And when it comes to sexuality, do you, I mean, some people would argue we're getting to a point now where we just shouldn't have any labels mm-hmm. and people should do whatever they want and labels aren't important. Other people would say, no, we're not in a post-queer world and labels still allow people to, you know, align themselves. They allow themselves to be empowered by their mm-hmm. identities. So I'm wondering where you stand sort of in light of what you've learned about how how men uh, and women, I guess you've looked at too, operate um, perhaps in ways that we wouldn't expect them to when it comes to their identity versus their sexual practices. Do you sure. think labels are still important?
4: I think it's sort of arbitrary um, or irrelevant what I think about labels being important or not. I think what the case is, is that humans categorize and taxonomize every bit of the reality, every bit of science that we produce as scholars, every bit of text that we produce um, as writers, every bit of language that we produce as culture is about labeling. Um, so, to say that a world without labels is utopia, yeah, sure, that's nice. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's possible. I think humans are always going to identify as this or that, and in today's cultural and political climate, I think it's especially important that queer people identify as queer um, if they're politically oriented toward the queer social project, which is dismantling heteropatriarchies, mm-hmm. which is um, dismantling uh, positivist assumptions about these identity boxes that we put each other in, I think that's great for queer people. But for someone who's grown up in Alabama and has le- led a white middle class life and has a wife and children, but maybe is sort of interested in hooking up with guys on the side – I think it's great if he's just going online and experimenting with that. Maybe he doesn't actually even hook up with anybody, but just to express one's own sexual identity in a way that authenticates the emotional experience of the person whose identity they're expressing. It, you know, I think that that's uh, it's it's equally as important. Yes, I think ideally, as a queer person myself, I would like to see people identify as queer and work toward queer projects, um, but. For the majority of Americans who are sort of in in these in-between spaces with their sexuality, maybe they're not comfortable identifying with these queer projects. Maybe they don't want to out themselves for fear of backlash in their own communities. Mm -hmm. In that case, I think it's wonderful just to make the small step toward acknowledging one's own sexual desires and one's own sexual interests.
1: Karina, where is your head at so far in terms of labels, straight, gay? Can someone be straight, still have sex with the same sex? What are you thinking?
0: I think my brain is blowing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that for so long, if I heard about a guy who was like, oh, I'm straight, but I like to have sex with men, mm-hmm. I would just sort of assume that they were bi or closeted. Like the notion that that was actually a thing or a space was completely foreign to me. Right. Um, but then I think it comes to like separating sexual preference with sexual identity. And I do understand that those two things can be very different. So from that perspective, I can understand how this phenomenon exists, even though it's still kind of blowing my mind.
1: Right. I think we have to, like you said, we have to separate culture from attraction. So just because you're attracted to other men or you enjoy the physical act of having sex with other men, whether because it's easy or because it it genuinely is attractive to you, that is very different than saying I'm a gay man or I'm a queer man and I partake in the cultural, you know, totems of being part of that community. Um, so I don't know that they have to line up exactly. What I'm sort of more interested at this point is if any of this is happens because of, like, internalized homophobia. Right. You know. In an ideal world or in a vacuum, if people could be whoever they wanted to be and there was no homophobia and there was no pressure from family or friends or your job, would these men who are living straight lives for all intents and purposes but still having sex with men still identify that way? Maybe.
0: But for some of them, maybe not. And I think that has to be acknowledged, that even if this is a subset of the community and even if there are these men who are straight but have sex with men, there are also a lot of men who are in that position that do have that internalized homophobia or can't come out for whatever, you know, reason.
1: Yeah. Well, Karina, are you ready for your mind to get blown just a little bit more? I'm ready. Because Mike, the 36-year-old guy from Canada that we spoke with earlier. Yeah. Yeah. He has some other really unique things to say about this phenomenon and his own experiences with it.
0: I'm excited to hear them.
1: So Mike, do you prefer no label for your sexuality at all then? Because I think a lot of people listening are probably thinking he's bi or he's queer.
2: Um, you, I, and you know what? They're totally, you know, they can totally, I can totally see why they would think that. Um, no, I, I don't want to say that because let's, let's put it this way. You, Somebody gets into my brain. Let's walk down the street and I'm constantly checking out people because that's just the kind of person I am. I'm never when I look at girls, I'm I'm looking at them and I'm like, you know, if they're attractive to me, um, you know, then there's the fantasy that comes in and I I like this part about them and I like that part of them. When I see an attractive guy, um, it's never how like it it, it never jumps to Uh, something sexual it always jumps to they're attractive and what is it that they're doing that's attractive and how can I sort of uh, what can I pick up off that and do for myself Uh, I hope that's not too confusing but Mm -hmm. it's you know walking through everyday life I don't really notice guys I notice women Mm -hmm. but when it came when the reason why it's easy to sort of fool around with guys number one it's whether they're gay or straight it's kind of I don't know. There's a there's an understanding between two men where it's like we both have this sort of want and need, and and we can sort of satisfy it each. And um, a lot of the times, it's sort of like a uh, like a uh, a business dealing. Like you do this to me, um, I enjoy it. You enjoy doing it, and uh, you know, we'll smile and shake hands after. And then if I see you on the street, we pretend we don't know each other.
1: You know, I will admit as a gay man who does have a lot of of sex like that 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 doesn't have any strings attached to it. Um, I think it probably is true that that it's a lot easier for two men to do that than just because of the way our society is set up. Than for a man to meet a woman and have sort of not meaningless but no strings attached sex. We don't sort of have those frameworks in place in our society for a man and a woman to meet in that way, really.
2: Yes, absolutely, and that so in in that in that same instant, that's the same case with two men, whether the men is, man is straight or or. or gay. So for I mean first on a small, small side note, like I'm a person who loves to receive oral. I just love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And God bless the gay community because I found like g- g- you know a gaggle of guys that love to give. What a perfect combination, if you ask me. It all worked out really, really well.
1: Are there other things that you get from sex with men that you don't get from sex with women?
2: Yeah, they're different, right? Because with women, you... Just, but that's, that's my own my, that's my own psyche. So with women, I, I like to be uh, pretty dominant, and I, I oh, but at the same time caring, and I want to make sure that they're comfortable and not in pain and all this other stuff. Where with a guy, it's always, always funny. It's just like a lot more uh, aggressive and, 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 and athletic and um uh it just it's pretty matter of fact for the most part so that's that, that's that's where i see the difference between the two but that's my own experience is that everybody else could have their own right yeah
1: definitely um does anyone know about this other than obviously the men that you're meeting do your friends know do family know are you with a a female partner um so i'm I'm with a female partner now uh she uh does know about my past i was
2: not shy about telling her especially when we when we first started dating um i told her i'm like listen sometimes at at that point i was still sort of struggling right because uh growing up you you're told that being straight, that means you have to be with women, and being mm. gay, you have to be with men, and, and or if you like both, then you're bi. And I never felt the latter half, I never felt bi, I never felt gay, but, you know, I still enjoyed fooling around with men from time to time. So, when her and I were just, like, casually dating, I told her, I said, you know what? I'm still trying to figure this out. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, until we're sort of official, you'll just, I want you to know that there's, there's been times where I've pulled around with a guy and I might do that again. Um, so she, she was fully aware. It wasn't, uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a huge deal, but in the latter half, we've kind of stopped talking about it. Not that if we're trying to tuck it under the rug. It's just that I haven't brought it up. I'm right. pretty sure if I was to talk about it with her, she'd be pretty cool about it.
1: I'm actually really impressed with how confident Mike is with who he is and what he wants. And I'm also impressed with the fact that he has told his partner or girlfriend um, about who he is. I don't think that always happens, especially going back to those Craigslist ads that we were talking about. So many of them say things like married or girlfriend's not home or that kind of thing. That's hugely problematic.
0: Well, and that's where a lot of the stuff that we talk about veers away from sex positivity. Because I think for it to be sex positive, you have to be open and honest with your partner or your partners about what the real situation is. So while Mike seems to be really confident with his feelings and his perceptions of his own sexuality, Christopher is still figuring it out.
1: When did you realize that you might not be gay? Um, It was probably...
3: um my second year into college, uh, I'd been hooking up with a couple different guys, and I just wasn't I wasn't really enjoying the um, the whole, you know, I don't know the whole culture of that. Um, and then I actually it's it it sounds kind of weird, but I took a sociology class on gender. And um, a lot of it was about those masculinity uh, things that society sees. That's when I made the realization that I didn't fit those that mold as a, as a young boy. Um, and that maybe I thought that, you know, there was only gay or straight or bisexual. It wasn't necessarily a spectrum. Um, and, I, and I thought that if I'm not straight like all these other guys around me, I must be um, bisexual. I was doing it more
1: because it... Felt like the right thing to do, but I wasn't necessarily enjoying it. You said you weren't into the culture of hooking up with men. What didn't you like? I'd never really
3: been interested in dating a man. Does that make sense? So I was always like, I was always physically attracted to men. Um, I think maybe uh, I was struggling with that balance because these people were familiar to me and I had a relationship with them. Maybe that was causing too much. Like emotional, I was emotionally distraught when I was having sex with them, um, whereas I could have just pursued so, a total stranger and just hooked up with them, and it may have been totally different. I just don't have that experience. So where are you now? It was really weird for a while, and it still is a little weird. Um, I had never—I mean, I'd always considered that there was a spectrum, but it was sort of like for other people. I, I always felt like I was either— gay, straight or bi. So when this sort of like sexual identity crisis began for me, I just thought maybe I was asexual and not sexually attracted to anyone. Um but then some time has passed and um I'm still physically drawn to men, um but the any any remote interest in an emotional relationship is gone. Um, and I would I would consider dating a woman. Having a relationship with a woman, I haven't um, had sex with a woman in a while, um, but there are certainly
1: women on my horizons that I would be interested in pursuing. I think it's actually really exciting that someone like Christopher even exists, and what I mean by that is that we've come to a place in history where someone can say, "I think I'm gay." No, maybe I'm asexual. Actually, maybe I'm straight, and that kind of search for identity or that discovery of someone's self can happen.
0: Right. Because previously you would have had to bury it away. Not to mention, you might not even have the resources to realize that those things were options. And now it's like there's this menu of things that you can think about or consider or experiment
1: with. Exactly. And I think it's really exciting. But I also think that there are so many people who are grappling with that and it can be really confusing. So, Mike actually had some great advice for Christopher and for anyone else who might be struggling to determine their own sexuality.
2: Let's put it this way. No matter if you're gay or, people out there, let's try this way. People out there are into all kinds of things. You guys, you had a guy who was into diaper play. Uh, You have people that are into being babies. You have people that are into sounding. So I want people to separate the idea that Gay, straight, and bi has anything to do with where you want to put your genitals. Gay, straight, and bi to me is sort of who you could fall in love with and who you would want to couple with and who you'd want to spend the rest of your life with. For me, I've always wanted to spend my life with a woman. I I love everything about the idea of being with a woman for the rest of my life. Where a lot, a lot of you know a lot of gay men would, wouldn't have wouldn 't want that idea at all, and therefore that 's what makes them gay um, and i wouldn 't want to spend the rest of my life with a with a guy i don 't i don't it's just not i 'm not interested in that but sexually sure it 's no big deal uh, i also i the people my struggle Noah, is I really wanted to articulate this beautifully um, for the people that are in my position because I think there's a um. lot of guys that are that are ro- roaming around, feeling really confused with the fact that they're, they're they fool around with guys, but they they identify well, as straight. So therefore, internally, they're all worried that they might be gay. And I, and I want to sort of tell them that that's not the case. You can you are who whatever you you feel you are. Um, but I don't know if I did that, Noah. I really don't know if I did that because this is like. The toughest thing I would ever have to explain to anybody, because no matter which direction you take it, you kind of sound like you're a hypocrite or you sound like you're a person who hasn't really fully uh, understood themselves. But I mean, I'm sitting here and, and, I, and I'm I'm chilling.
1: It's that time of the podcast where we try and sum things up really neatly with a bow on them and it never happens. But where's your head at right now in terms of this phenomenon
0: You know, I think I'm probably where a lot of our listeners are, which is confused,
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: but not in a bad way, in a really interesting way, where I'm I'm kind of trying to take all of these puzzle pieces and and realize that, like, maybe the sort of spectrum or ideas or labels that I've been working with aren't the right vocabulary or isn't what's doing anyone any favors.
1: Yeah. I'm still thinking about those Craigslist ads, (laughs) and I also think... And Chelsea and I talked a little bit about this, but I have a theory that a lot of those ads where it's straight men looking for other men, I think some of that's fantasy, too. And I think some of that's just gay men looking for what we've been told is hot sex or the kind of man that we should be looking for. So I think that, you know, even talking to Mike, even talking to Christopher – The search for the straight man who has sex with men is a little bit more elusive than I think we thought it was because neither of those guys really fall totally into that category where I'm just a straight guy and I have sex with men. I mean, Mike said he is, but he also is, you know, friends with a lot of people in the community and and it's not the typical way that we would think about that kind of person.
0: Well, and neither of them seemed super self-conscious about fitting into that category or fitting into a different category at all.
1: Right. Ultimately, I guess I always want to say people should do whatever makes them happy. And if identifying as straight and having sex with other men makes you happy, you should do it. But again, I just – in the back of my head is that little gnawing kind of worry that it's not um, uncoerced or it's not happening just because it's happening. It's happening because of things like internalized homophobia, the way our society still thinks about what it means to be gay and masculinity, and and all of those things.
0: Well, it's a brave new world, and we might not have the answer today, but I think as the queer community increasingly comes into the fold, we're going to find out.
1: I'm ready for it. Let's do it.
0: That's it for this week's episode of HuffPost, Love and Sex.
1: Thanks to our producer, Caitlin Bukuki, our editor and sound designer, Nick Offenberg, and our designer and production assistant, Lauren Bell.
0: This episode would not have been possible without feedback and ideas from you, our listeners. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a review on iTunes and share your stories and ideas with us. You can send us an email at loveandsexpodcast at huffingtonpost.com.
1: And when you visit iTunes, click those gold stars. If we get enough gold stars, HuffPost has promised to rent us our own luxury suite. So we can serve Craigslist's mail-for-mail section all weekend long.
0: We'll be back in two weeks with an episode on plus-sized love. It's intriguing and inspiring, and you won't want to miss it.
1: Love it.